I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. It is a Wednesday edition of The Athletic Hockey Show. It is Ian Mendes and Julian McKenzie uh, with you. Uh, to recap, the night that was on Tuesday in the NHL. That's what we're going to do. And then that, this is where we ask our producers to insert one of those, uh, you know, the color bars, and it's like file not found because there was no games on Tuesday. We got no fresh games storylines to, to jump in. Yeah, it just so quiet. What did you do with your Tuesday night? You said yesterday on the pod, you're like, yeah, spend time with friends and family, maybe learn how to cook cook meal, whatever. What did Julian McKenzie do? Last I, I, I tried to write a story. I watched YouTube videos. I went to bed early. Were those two I things had... related, by the way? The videos and your story? Or those were... No, I just procrastinating. I'm like kind of going through like a little bit of like a mental like writing wall. Like I, you, yeah. you've, you've had those where like you're just trying to write something and you have this great idea. You think it's a great idea. You think it's the greatest idea in the world. And then all of a sudden you just hit this wall where all of a sudden you can't write. And it's just like you try to push through it. Is this, and... So is this a feature story on somebody? Yeah. Or is it like a yeah, concept? it's a feature story on somebody. And I've been working on this for like months and I've gotten all these interviews and I've and I've, I've, I've put all my audio in like the transcription service Otter. And yeah. like, I've, 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 I've got it there. It's just I'm just trying to create this narrative and it just has not it hasn't hit for me yet. Like it's just. I don't know, Ian. It's just a. It's a bit of a tough time. I know I'll. I'll know I'll burst through it, and it'll be the best thing. But like, I, maybe it's because of the fact I have not set like a deadline for myself. Yeah. But like I. I know that once I get this done, I'm gonna feel so good about it. It's just, man, I didn't expect you know, it to be this tough. You know, one of the biggest challenges I found now that I've switched over to writing full time, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you feel this way or even. And this isn't not just. This isn't just for writers. This is for anybody. You know, if you're doing a project or even a, a college or university essay or whatever, do you find it harder to write the top, like the lead or the conclusion, like the end? Like they're both equally challenging. What do you find yeah. harder to the top? The top for me, I, I'm just someone who tries to be as linear as possible in my writing process. So just getting that start, like. For me, that just has always been more of a difficult thing. What I do, that being said, there are times where once I start, maybe I'll have an ending in mind and then I'll, I'll write out an ending and then I'll try spending the rest of my time filling out the rest of that story. But I've definitely had more difficulty finding a way to start. For what it's worth, I have a top ready. It's just the middle part with the stuffing, the the meat on the bones like oh, look, the, at the, the, look at this thanksgiving reference i love it yeah the beans greens potatoes tomatoes lamb ram hog dogs all that stuff in the middle you name it I, that's that's what i'm trying to put together right now gotcha okay okay yeah so you figured by watching some youtube videos that would help 
procrastination yeah. just happens. Like it, it is what it is. I'm sure the greatest Michael Russo's done it. I mean, he's a machine, but I'm sure he's had moments in his life where he procrastinates. Just like you, Ian. I, I do for sure. I have the same. I, 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 it's relatable. It's relatable. Um, so that's why it was nice to have a quiet night in the NHL on Tuesday. Not the case on Wednesday. As we lead into the biggest holiday weekend in the United States, it's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Wednesday night features 14 games in the NHL. You want to talk about stuffing your schedule. That's what they do because there's no games on Thursday. The entire slate goes to uh, American uh, NFL football, and rightfully so. It's a triple header. We get it. But 14 games in the NHL on Wednesday. And I got to tell you, there's a couple, like, as I look at the matchups, Julian, like, the Western Conference games are really, like, Dallas-Vegas, Wednesday night, has the potential to be the Western Conference final, depending on how things shake down, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You're looking at two teams who have been in the conference final before, two teams who have been in Stanley Cup finals in recent years, and you look at Vegas, obviously, reigning champions. Two teams who, entering this year, you could have called them contending teams. And it seems like they have just about everything you would want in a cup contending team. If I'm a GM and I want my team to look like somebody in order to be taken seriously, you look at those two teams. So yeah, there's the potential for that game to be fun. And this is where living on the West Coast is a benefit. Uh, I see a 9.30 p.m. start. Uh, I'm sure that's a... I don't know why it's showing an Eastern time for me on the NHL.com website, but uh, 7.30 looks pretty good uh, for people living in mountain time. That being said, obviously, covering the Calgary Flames, I'll be looking at Flames Predators. Uh, but definitely, if, I, if, I, if, if I'm able to do the split-screen stuff, you know, be able to get the multiple screens up in there, I want yeah. my eye on uh, Vegas-Dallas. Yeah, Vegas-Dallas is going to be a lot of fun on, on Wednesday. Uh, I, I look at that. I think if you're Dallas, that's more of the test, right? Like, yes. I think that's right. Like, I, I don't think Vegas, like, I, I we talked about this when they played Colorado a few weeks ago, and that game ended up being a dud, right? Was was it 7 nothing? 7 nothing. I don't remember this one. I don't think, I think the only team right now that I would say when I'm looking at Vegas, and I would say, like, okay, Vegas should look at this as a, litmus test would be boston right now and that's only and i think they play each other yeah they play each other in january so they still have a little bit of uh of time to go but that's the only team i would look at right now and say like that's a bit of a litmus test for vegas because i think that they're, they're clearly the class of the west they're the defending Stanley cup champion they're off to a great start i'd be curious to see what they look like up against the team that has been the class of the east last year in the regular season again this year to start and that's boston right I can understand that, but I think at that point, you're already jumping to that assumption, and I don't blame you for jumping to that assumption because I've said all year that we've been sleeping on Vegas as a cup-contending team, but you're making that point that, like, okay, their their heads are in the final. Teams don't think that way all the time, though. So for Dallas and Colorado, those two teams in, in the Western Conference, the once upon a time, we thought Edmonton would be in that class, too. They're off to a bad start, obviously. I think if you're Vegas, you have to look at Dallas and Colorado and not overlook those teams because it's very possible they're in your way in order to get to that Boston matchup. You mentioned Edmonton stumbling. You realize on Wednesday, there's a matchup that I think a lot of people thought at the start of the year, they would have circled this game and said Stanley Cup final preview. Carolina at home to Edmonton. That's literally and, what people have put uh, as a Stanley Cup final matchup. Carolina right? Edmonton. You, you went back five weeks ago, six weeks ago. That I think that would have been a lot of people's consensus. And oh, what's man. funny is, listen, I think Edmonton, not funny, but like Edmonton has really kind of struggled out of the gate. That, that's been well documented. You know, Carolina has just kind of been there. They're not the, like, they're not dominating in the way that we're kind of used to seeing them being lock it in they run away like the rangers have sort of taken that perch in the in the division and i'm double checking this yeah like like i'm not saying they're bad i want to make this clear like carolina and maybe they've been so good under rod brindamore that we're like desensitized to them like we just assume they're going to be good but i think they're kind of just having a okay season right yeah like they're not, it's, it's, I, yeah. I feel you on that. I mean, maybe this is just from the bird's eye view here, but it sort of feels like we've given Carolina the benefit of the doubt because they've been so good over the last few years. Here's something that I did not expect. 
looking at the Metropolitan Division. You talk about the Rangers being as good as they are. Not as much of a surprise for me. We've talked about them before. Some of the young players are getting better. I know Capocaco not as good, but Alexis Lafreniere has been playing good. Yeah. Philadelphia and Washington. Mm. I get it. Like, it's very early in the year. Like, I mean, New Jersey is 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 like three points behind them. And it's still at that point, like, you know, in a bike race where you have the, the cluster of people in the middle, the peloton, and eventually people will break out of that. But I did not put the Philadelphia Flyers as a team who would be second in that division and winners of five in a row under John Tortorella. Like, that is really good. For 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 that team, like I, I I did not expect that for for the Philadelphia Flyers and the Capitals, right one point one point behind them, they won four in a row. The hottest teams in the Metropolitan Division are Philly and Washington, two teams that I don't think many people had them in the playoffs. Like that's cool for them. I mean, we'll see how it shakes out uh, entering uh, the new year. But like that's those are two interesting stories. Like if you think about this, Washington has lost four games in regulation time this year. That's it. Four times in regulation for Washington that I think a lot of us figured they weren't even in the same conversation as Pittsburgh, right? We, we assumed Pittsburgh was going for it. Washington was just slowly decomposing and that's not how it's played out. So interesting to see that. Yeah. The East has some interesting matchups for sure. One other thing I want to get to before we bring our pal Sean McAdoo, down goes Brown, into the conversation. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, you know, I, I chatted with John Cooper a couple of weeks ago, and he did indicate to me that Andre Vasilevsky was likely going to come back in and around um, uh, Thanksgiving. And it looks like he's on on target here to, to come back. And I'm wondering, again, by their own standards, it's almost like the Lightning and Carolina are kind of similar to start the yeah. year. like. By any other people's measures, they'd be having a pretty good season. But by their own standard, they're not. Uh, sitting in fourth place in the division, Tampa's 9-6-4. and four. But is it safe to say that with Vasilevsky coming back, this is mission accomplished? Like, they they hung in there. Like, they didn't fade out. They didn't fall out. They didn't pull at Edmonton. They're right in there. Now they're getting arguably their most important piece back. And maybe they'll be okay. Uh in the next three or four months. 1,000%. This is a team that, I mean, you mentioned it, with Andre Vasilevsky being the backbone of that team, for them to hang in there, get some decent results from guys like Jonas Johansson in net, and they have the same number of points as the Toronto Maple Leafs in their division. I, I, like, I, I put the, you're right, I, in order of comparing them with Carolina, where I feel like they've been given the benefit of the doubt. In the, in the case of Tampa, they have those Stanley Cup rings and playoff runs to show for it. As long as they're in the playoffs, I have a hard time betting against them at all. Like, I I just feel with the coaching that's there, the talent that's there, and you're you're getting a healthy Andre Vasilevsky back. Like, I'm not saying they're going to win the Stanley Cup this year, but I just feel like because of what they've gone through over these last few years, it's so difficult to bet against this team and, and the playoff savvy that they accumulate. I think it's a thing. It's just that as, lo- as long as your guys are healthy and they're not banged up, then you're fine. So I think for Vasilevsky to have that injury layoff, which has been unfortunate, but he's he's healthy to get back. As long as, I mean, the fact that they were able to write that ship, I think is you're right to say it's mission accomplished for them. Like that's really awesome that they've been able to keep themselves up in and around a playoff position. And now we just have to see what happens as they go now. I mean, again, can't sleep on the Tampa Bay Lightning as a team. I know there's Boston. I know Charles trying to be good. But as long as those pieces in front of Vasilevsky, like a Nikita Kucherov, are healthy, good luck betting against those guys. Just it is what it is, and maybe yeah, that helps John Cooper's case for Jack Adams too. Yeah, exactly. He he kept them in the they're in the race for sure. And uh, Cooper telling reporters he thinks Vasilevsky could or should be back at some point in a three game road trip. Looks like if I had to guess, Monday in Denver would be the date that I think you might see Andre Vasilevsky. But uh, again. Tampa Bay hanging in there and their best player is, uh, or arguably their best player is uh, just around the corner. Just around the corner for us is uh, down goes Brown, Sean McAdoo. We're going to get to him in just a minute. We're going to talk about all things uh, uh, championship belt related from a dysfunctional standpoint. This is going to be a fun conversation. So we'll get to uh, Sean McAdoo on the other side. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You got to get you one of those NHL hats, Ian. The, uh, what do we got? Rob Lowe? Rob yeah. Lowe. Uh, yeah, you need one of those hats. NFL just hats. Like, just so you could have it. Let's 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 bring in Sean McAdoo and see would he ever wear like an NHL hat? Yeah, you know hat. there have been times as a Leaf fan that I probably would have loved to have an NHL hat instead of uh, instead of what I normally got. By the way, can we just mention Julian? Like, don't don't think I didn't hear you slip in there when you were singing the praises of the Lightning that the Toronto Maple Leafs are trying to be good, trying to be good. I, I mean, <laughs> some faint praise, I, right? I mean, like. It, I know it's been kind of up and down, but Willie Nylander's good. He's great. Yeah. I Are mean, they no trying though? Are they really trying? I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, come on. Like you, you, you signed Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi and all the Ryan Reeves. You don't think you're, tra- you don't think trying? You're trying to be good. Yeah. You're trying to be good. You're trying. You know, 110 points every season for the last four or five years. They're trying. Okay, yeah. I'd okay. Say okay, so. okay. I understand what you're trying to yeah. get at with that here. I understand. I was to. just trying to make the point that things have been up and down. And they were just trying That's to be fair. good, but you're. But I also understand too. They have but, been good for quite some time. It just has not resulted in the results that everyone would want in that city. I understand. Very that. kind. Way to fans are the you. best. They're like, you know, only we can make fun of our team. If you, That's how right. dare you? I've said that. Yes, being a Leaf fan, it's yeah. like when you're in like grade school and you just like complain constantly about your parents. But if somebody else says one word about them, it's go time because yeah. you're like, no, no, you don't get. I get to talk <laughs> about how I got the worst parents. You, you're not allowed to say anything. That's exactly the same. Two vibe words. Two words family. for you. Two words for you. DGB rent free. Yep. Yep. Much. <laughs> uh, hey, listen. We're, uh, we were just talking about a, a crazy schedule of games. Fourteen of them on Wednesday night, and it leads into Thanksgiving. Uh, do you buy into? This is a natural pressure point, Sean. Like that, that. Let's say that in the next week, if if I said we're going to see a coach get fired or a significant trade happen, like do you think at some point, and obviously it won't happen around you know at Thanksgiving, but like within the week, do you think we might see something happen? Yeah, uh, maybe. Um, as far as the Thanksgiving thing, do I buy into it? Yeah, I do because. It seems like the NHL does. I mean, there there have been places where they've said, like, yeah, GMs do look at that. Coaches look at that. You know, they they will use that to kind of push their players and say, guys, we got to get going because Thanksgiving's coming up and we all know the stat. Now, clearly, there is a world of difference between being one point out of a playoff spot on Thursday, uh, you know, especially if you've got games in hand and all this other stuff versus in some of these teams that are six, seven, more than that back. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if, if, if only to remind us that as long as this regular season is, it, things don't change as much as you would expect them to over the four and a half months that we still have to go. I mean, you, 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 you're looking at this and you're going, my team's got 60 plus games left. There's a million different things that could happen. We can, we go up, down any, you know, who knows? Um, and yet history does tell us that the standings are largely set. Why now? And it, it it's it's crazy. It doesn't feel like it should be that way. It generally is. Okay, I just had a random thought come into my head here, and maybe it's top of mind because the NBA is doing this. Where do you stand on whether or not the NHL should have like an in-season tournament? Like around now, you make some of those games. I mean, it's a two-game season. It's long enough as it is. But you know, if we have this whole thing with Thanksgiving, where you know, if you're in that in that position where you're at, like 
there's a good chance you're already going to be a playoff team. Why not make more of those regular season games matter with some kind of in-season tournament? You incentivize it with guys, you know, playing for money or a playoff spot or just some kind of carrot at the end of the light of the tunnel uh, that would get guys to kind of play a little bit better. Well, not play a little bit better, but, you know, just just yeah. something to incentivize no, regular to season games. More. That's what do you you, you you've absolutely hit the the nail on the head, both as far as. You know, this would be a great idea because man, the NHL regular season it just is such a slog, especially because these days the playoffs are, you know, the seeding doesn't matter. Home ice nope. doesn't matter. And people love that. I get that, you know, people look at something like the Panthers beating the Bruins last year and they go, that's amazing. That's why I love the NHL playoffs. Anything can happen. You got to bring your A game every night. Okay, great. I get that. But man, it makes the regular season a tough sell because it, it's basically six months to figure out who are going to be the 16 teams that make it, who are going to be the 16 teams that don't. And that's it. We don't learn anything else. Even if a team has 135 points, doesn't tell you a thing about what's going to happen in the playoffs, except that they're in some other team is out. So yeah, I love the idea. I love the concept of what can we do during the season to make some of this feel important to, to put some, uh, you know, some novelty into this, this long, long schedule. The problem is, are you going to get the players to buy in? Is anybody going to care? Because, you know, we see at one extreme, we see what the All-Star game looks like. Something where very clearly the players do not care at all. It's awful. It's unwatchable. I, I give credit to the NHL. They've tried different gimmicks and three-on-three and all this stuff. You can't watch the All-Star game. It's terrible because nobody cares. Now, would the players care if it was an in-season tournament? Well, you know, if it was part of the regular season, yes. But also... This is the same league that constantly tells us the Stanley Cup is the only thing that matters. Oh, the, the Bruins won the President's Trophy last year, 135 points, pretty great season, right? No, failure, failure, embarrassment, because they lost in the first round. Nobody cares. Even when you win the conference championship to go to the final, what does everybody do? They make a big show out of, I'm not going to touch the trophy, because that's not the trophy we want. We're, we're not even going to touch it. It means that little to us. You know, we all have to play this game where the Stanley Cup is the only thing that matters. So how are you going to get people to care about, you know, either some sort of regular season tournament or maybe it's a regional thing? I know people have said, like, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, you took some of the rivalries and they played a series and there's a trophy or something or a banner? I, I love the idea. I just wish that I felt like the players and the teams and everyone would act like they cared. Maybe if we see it in the NBA and it's a big hit, maybe, you know, maybe that helps. I just I just don't believe that after all of these years of it's Stanley Cup or nothing, one winner, 31 losers, and that's the way we have to look at every season. I, I just don't see how you're going to get people to care about. But Columbus. isn't money like so the good. way to do it? Like especially, But especially for a league like the NHL where players – like one thing we look at so much is how players' salaries compare to NBA players. How like yeah. you could be Connor McDavid making all the money you make and it's as good as like a sixth man on an NBA team. Isn't money at the end of it all? That wouldn't that be the thing that like that should be the thing that should get everyone going for an in-season tournament. Imagine being like Connor's Airy on like a Calgary Flames team who makes like a little over eight hundred and sixty something dollars, and like at the end of that prize pool, he could win like what even a quarter of that. As like mm -hmm. his prize pool, as an example, at the end of that, say like everyone gets like 250k, is that not enough? Like, is that not something we could do? I've said before, an in-season tournament, if you have like a playoff spot available, maybe that could work, yeah. but maybe that might not work. But money, I mean, is that not it, enough of an incentive for people? I mean, it it hasn't worked in the All Star game. Now, the counter to that is a lot of the guys in the All Star game are making 10 million a year. So, yes. you know, when you give them a couple million bucks to divide up, it, you know, maybe it's it's not enough. Um, would it in the regular season? I, I don't know. It would have to be a good chunk of money. And, you know, that's the problem, right? This is a gate-driven league where, you know, they're already pinching pennies. So how do you do this in a way where it makes financial sense? Because that's the only way Gary Bettman's ever going to look at something like this is if he looks at the bottom line and says this is going to make it, you know, forget about entertainment. We know for 30 years, we know that entertainment value doesn't matter to these guys unless it translates to the bottom line. So can they make money off of this and share that money with the players? You'd think so. Again, they, they're supposed to be partners, right? The players and the owners and, you know, your revenue goes up and that rising tide's supposed to lift all the ships. It just doesn't seem to work that way. I would tell you the playoff spot would do it. 
the playoff spot would get these guys going. I mean, if you had a chance to lock in a playoff spot in December, you know, even if you're a great, even if you're 20 points up on the playoff yeah, bubble, you're, I you're going to so. go all out like, for that. Well, I think the, that Sean. Oh, okay. You might be pressing spot being locked yep. up. We've okay. lost Ian. Okay. Oh, did you okay, lose you me? Am I, am... Yeah, you're back. You're the problem, man. Yep. We've decided. <laughs> You're back. You're back. I, I think we lost you in the rant you might have been trying to do, uh, but, but I, I, we had you back for a second. I think we still have you back now. Okay. Now do you have me? Yeah, we yes, got we you. Have you. Yep. So, so make your point. Okay. Make your point. Sorry. No. I, you know what? I, I'm going to just dispute one thing that Sean said when Sean said the Stanley okay. Cup is the only thing that matters. I'm going to dispute it and say, I raise you a championship belt of hockey franchise dysfunction. Because that matters. <laughs> that, it should. That matters. It absolutely should. Because, hey, there's only like a handful of teams that have a realistic chance at the Stanley Cup every year. But, man, there's a lot of contenders for the championship belt of franchise dysfunction and oh. instability and ineptitude. Uh, there were, I, I tell you, man, I went through the entire history of the NHL. There was not one single year where I was like, oh, man, I'm having trouble finding somebody. It was always, how do I narrow this huge list like, of teams that don't seem to know what they're doing down? It's so true. Like, think about it even for this year, just like in the mm -hmm. here and the now, the debate amongst Columbus fans, Edmonton fans, San Jose fans, who would be like, no, 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 my team's the most dysfunctional, right? Like, so th there's mm -hmm. a great debate in the Senators now. fans might try Ottawa to jump fans, in there and say, yeah, you know, we got all these weird suspensions and everything happening. Maybe we're, maybe we're the ones. I don't want to give it away, but yeah, you're you're right. Even now, GM got fired. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's it's even now in what is comparatively a far more stable era, you know, like this is the NHL is now run by grown-ups compared to what it was 30, 40 plus years ago. Um not not difficult. Difficult to narrow down, not difficult to uh to find anyone who's who's uh who can fit the bill. So this is a two-parter for the uh the the listeners that also subscribe to the athletic and read our stuff all the time. Sean's got a, this is a, a two-part series, right? That a part one dropped on Wednesday. And now is this an idea that been, this is the one that had been rattling around your brain for a while. Am I yep. right on this? Yep. Yeah. This, this had been going around for, for a while. And the, the concept of the championship belt is one that I'm borrowing from uh, a friend of mine, Bill Barnwell uh, came up with it back in the Grantland days. Um, it was a website, kids ask your grandparents. Uh, and Bill came up with this idea of, you know, we can take anything. It can be who's the best quarterback, who's the best this or that, who's the worst, and you just pick the championship belt. You you find a place to start. You say who fits this description, and they hold the belt until somebody takes it from them. There's no, it can't be. There's no tie goes to the runner or anything like this. But somebody's got to come along and be even better slash worse slash whatever it is, and then they get the belt. And you just sort of trace it through history. And so I'm doing it with the the essentially the worst franchise the worst run the most dysfunctional not the worst team we've got the standings we you know we can look and see who's in last place at any given time this is about who is the team and i think the way i phrased it in the article is that if you're a fan of another team even if your team's on a losing streak even if they're in last place you look at this team and you go at least we're not them and uh you know who is that team throughout all the different stops in nhl history is you have like a favorite among uh, teams that you were able to dig up as uh, the most dysfunctional? And I guess it's weird to say favorite, but like maybe mm -hmm. one that you just kind of looked up. And you're like, nah, these guys are so bad, but it's also kind of entertaining. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's uh, there's there's a, a ton. I mean, you know, the the Montreal Wanderers, one of the four teams that starts the NHL. You know, there's only four teams, not six. There's no original six is long. You know, we got a long wait, but for them. Four teams in the NHL, the Montreal Wanderers last six games and their arena burns down and they're now Jeez. homeless and they fold and the, the NHL finishes its first season down one team. Um, you know, you go all through through history that the Washington Capitals, one of the worst teams in the history of sports, and they came in as an expansion team so bad that they didn't win their first road game until March of their first season. They went six months basically without winning a single road game. When they did, they picked up the garbage can near the dressing room and started passing it around like it was the Stanley Cup to, to signify that they had finally, this garbage team had finally won a game. Um, it, you know, obviously you got to have the Harold Ballard Leafs in there somewhere. The New Jersey Devils, 
when Wayne Gretzky was calling them the Mickey Mouse opera organization, you know, that, that, yes. that stuck with them for a long time. Um, it, no shortage of candidates, no shortage of champions. And yeah, today's part one. I mean, I, I took it up to 1992. That's 75 years. I'll, I'll tell you right now, the next 30 part two, a lot of title changes. It's we, we got some like late nineties WWF style hotshot booking going on because uh, you can't keep this thing on one team for more than a couple years because there's just so many contenders going. I can be even dumber than those guys. Oh yeah. Think just think of the Islanders in that window with like yep. John's uh, not John Spano. Who was the uh, John Spano, the John Spano, yes. Mike Milbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you go like, down the list. Yep. Uh, the Islanders are going to be, uh, they're going to be contenders, you know, I got, uh, so they fumbled the bag so much in that era, man, oh, not yeah. just with John Spano, but the, the players that they had like terrible geez. arena trading away hall of famers, you know, the given Alexi Ashen, all the money, 15 year contract for Rick DiPietro. Don't forget yeah. when they gave Rick DiPietro all that money too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, and also, you know, to the point where we just listed a whole bunch of things and we didn't even mention that they made their backup goalie, the GM, like that one actually kind of worked out okay for them. So uh, yeah, the, the Islanders are heavy hitters in, uh, in, in part two, let's just say. Uh, do you remember even, I don't even know if this makes it, but they had one of the co-owners of the team, Charles Wong. At one point, he like flirted with the idea of like a sumo wrestler as a goalie. Yes. Do you remember this? That, that was reported. Yeah, that he had at yeah. some point asked, like, why can't we just get like the the biggest guy that we can find? Get a sumo wrestler and put him in net. To, yeah, put him in net, and he'll just take up the whole. We'll wedge him in there. He'll take up the whole net. He doesn't have to move. He doesn't even have to skate. Uh, why can't we do that? And they had to explain to him, like, you know, that's uh, the, and, and that got out. So imagine the ideas. That got buried. <laughs> Horrifying to think about. Yeah. What? Did, did, Julie, yeah, did you, was... have you never heard that story before? No, I had no idea about this yeah. story. What? Yeah. That was That's in that same hilarious. window, right? Like early 2000s, somewhere in there. That, oh, yeah. my God. So a lot That's of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So part two, is that coming Thursday or Friday? That's coming Thursday. That's coming Thursday. What fan base... Do you think is going to be the most kind of not fired up, but like what, what mm -hmm. fan base here is going to read this and be, ah, come on. You were a little bit harsh with us here. See, I, I'm maybe I'm going to be proven wrong here. Historically, I found that when you, when you go negative on teams in the past, fans are pretty cool about it. So I think, you know, if anyone, it's going to be the teams that are the last few years where it's still fresh, you know, maybe some of the people are still working there where they, those will be the ones that are going to get mad. I don't even think, even if some Islander fan doesn't think that that nineties team, you know, if they want to tell me they like the fish sticks or they didn't think it was that bad, you know, by that point, everybody's long gone. Right. So, you know, your, yeah. your fan instinct to get all defensive doesn't, uh, doesn't perk up. If anything, there'll be people mad at me because their team didn't get the belt enough or didn't get That's it. That's what all. I was thinking. I'll be honest. By yeah. the end of it, there were a couple teams I looked at and I was like, I can't believe they never got a title ring. I mean, this is like Roddy Piper never holding the heavyweight belt. This is this is crazy because uh, you know they were just contenders year after year. But it's again a lot of competition. I, I I did what I could do. Okay, my only question before we let you go: Do the Philadelphia Flyers at any point make it in between '92 and and now? The Philadelphia Flyers are the team I'm thinking of as the team that most surprised me to never ever hold that title. Come on. With with wow. Bob Clark and the Lindros wow. and the Bob Roger Clark Nielsen? and Lindros oh, is yeah, and, I, I mean even recently, it. right? I mean even yeah, yeah. The, the the last 100%. few years they they'd be contenders. Like, again, they they show up as you know maybe oh, uh, if I was I giving out silver it. and bronze medals, but we don't do that in hockey. There's only one title There's that only matters, one only one winner. championship, and it's the heavyweight belt of being the absolute worst franchise. Okay. <laughs> Flyers have not been, Flyers are so bad they haven't been bad enough to be bad enough for this. Yeah, that's it. They are the worst franchise at being the worst franchise. Yes. Wow. I love it. Think of the goalie. Anyway, all the stuff with them. It's 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 remarkable. Okay. Uh we'll leave it there. We uh I'm super excited to read this. I, I really Me enjoyed too. the piece uh on Wednesday because there was a couple of, of the old stories that I did like mm -hmm. the old old ones that I didn't remember or didn't know. I am so excited to read the one that comes out on, on Thursday because it's it's yeah, it's gonna be a great debate uh topic. So a lot of fun to write, and uh, I hope people uh, hope people enjoy it. And nobody comes to my house and throws a brick through my window. Yeah, oh, well, that, that'd be pretty. That you ever I had that happen it. before? 
It's not like you're speaking from experience. Nah, no, nah, nobody. No. Not here. Here in Ottawa, I'm very popular here in Ottawa. They love they, <laughs> they love a Leaf fan. Here in they love. He's yeah. in the he's in the majority. He, as he likes exactly. To, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we'll let you go. And hey, by the way, you're coming into my journalism class tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Julian, with this guy, he's coming in a guest guest speaker. Yep. That's so cool. a few dreams. Be, Can't wait. That's good. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. They're impressionable young children. You're right. I'm yeah. just going to tell them all my Mendez stories. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, you guys are you guys at university. Let me tell you uh, about uh, yeah, your, uh, well, you know Professor, Professor Mendez. Mendez here. What he was like back then, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, exactly. Yeah, it'll go well. That'll be that. All right. Well, listen. Thanks for a uh, drop by. We look forward to your piece on uh, on Thursday. Right on. Thanks, guys. There he goes. Down goes Brown. Sean McIndoe, uh joining us. Uh, looking forward to that. Let's bring our next guest right in. Our next guest actually told uh, just uh, is it tweeted? It's still tweeted. Posted that he's actually like a little bit nervous here, Julian, to join the show. He's he's nervous to follow. Not not nervous to join us because he knows us. He's nervous to follow in the footsteps of uh, Down Goes Brown. Eric, nobody Stevens. can do that. Who can really do that? I'm not even going to oh, try. No. Let's let's we're not let's. <laughs> we're, we're not going to cast some illusions here. Yeah. I'm, okay, I'm a so definite what, step down. I'm like two steps down. So give us a sense. Eric Stevens. It's this I got Wednesday. the right attire though. I've got the right attire. Yeah. You yeah, got the yeah, right, yeah. you got yeah, the right yeah, clothing. Yeah. This, we, yeah. we are very hoodie friendly. We, on we, went hood, we all went hoodies. All three of us. Uh, Eric Stevens, uh, Wednesday in the United States leading into Thanksgiving is one of the most exciting. This is a fun night, right? You know, yeah, you know, holiday weekends coming up. What's the holiday weekend like? Like, what's the turkey setup for Eric Stevens? Like, give us, run us through the meal. Holy you. cow! You know what? This is going to sound weird, but just trying to get all of us together in 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 one setting is, is the challenge in itself. I've got three grown boys, two who are off doing their own thing and working, and obviously with my wife and and other family members and. Just getting us all together in the same room is just a, ch a challenge these days. Uh, but I think we're going to pull it off. Uh, we, we, we've got a, a honey-baked ham-style dinner that I think uh, we will have in mind. Okay. It's not exactly honey-baked, but, you know, it's, it's home-cooked. It'll be better. That's It'll still be going to be good. Better, especially the I stuffing. Cranberry sauce, uh, uh, Cranberry stuffing, sauce. like what, 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 what other traditional stuff? Like, is there too many rolls? Way too many rolls that that I more rolls than I, you know, really should be eating. <laughs> A lot of rolls, okay. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, some some macaroni, uh, you know, mm. macaroni and cheese in the oven, not that stuff you make on the stovetop that I do uh, often. Breadcrumbs are no breadcrumbs. Exactly. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. y'all got y'all got room? You got to. Got y'all got room? I'll book the ticket. I'll book the ticket live. Julian can be your fourth yeah. child. Just Ooh. come right in. And we got some space. You'll fit Hell right yeah. in. Hell Both yeah. I'm, I'm coming to Cali. Let's do it. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, hey, listen. Too. Yeah. Well, why don't we talk? Why don't we talk about the uh, the two teams that are on a roll? Instead of talking we about talk about hockey. Oh gosh. We're gonna talk about <laughs> hockey. And <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> the two teams in Southern California, man, this, what a treat this is though, to watch these teams, because I think, look, LA, we knew would probably be a pretty good team, but boy, the ducks have been super fun. Let's, let's just start there because I, like, this has been a really fun year. Hasn't it for the Anaheim ducks and their fans so far? No, you're right. It's, it, it, it really is. Um, and, and they've really taken to this team, you know, they've certainly taken to the coaching change with Greg Cronin now in place and, driving them um and then you've got you know who i think is a fantastic rookie and leo carlson who um if it weren't for them uh you know occasionally hold them out and holding them out of uh games here and there you know i think would be right in the thick of the uh, early calder race um i think he's that good i think he's got stardom written all over him so you have you know him and, and you know once they get uh once they get Trevor Zegras and, and Jamie Drysdale healthy and back up to speed, and they'll have a more complete team. But they're they're far more competitive. They've had the amazing comebacks, uh, you know, early in the year. Uh, you know, veterans like Frank Vertrano are, are on early season heaters. They've got a lot of good things going for them. And uh, you know, going into actually, I mean, I know they have tonight's game against uh, Montreal, but 
Um, it's good timing that you mentioned both teams because they're playing Friday afternoon on Black Friday in Anaheim. And uh, it'll be good to see, you know, those two compete because they're now a little bit in closer spaces. The Ducks aren't there where the Kings are, obviously, but um, it'll be good to see that both teams being competitive at the same time going into that game. You went into more detail on 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 the Ducks and how fun it's been for them. What about with the LA Kings? I mean, they're in the top three in the Pacific Division right now. They've won three in a row. They have a they've been amazing on the road. The other night they were they they won their uh, their eighth road game of the year. They have yet to lose. What's it been like following that team and seeing their success in the early part of uh, the season? Well, I think what it really is is that they they went into the season with high expectations, maybe even higher than, say, the general public, or at least those beyond L.A., those beyond the Kings, you know, fan base or even the organization. I mean, they totally view themselves as a club that should take the next step in terms of winning playoff series and maybe making a run, maybe getting get, getting back closer to where they were in that 2012 to 2014 time period where they were competing for and winning championships. Um, I think in some ways they're still kind of a, a little bit undersold here in terms of, um, you know, in terms of being a potential Stanley cup contender. Now you got to prove it by winning series, you know, in the playoffs. And, and, and that's, that's the final frontier, especially Todd McLellan, um, uh, you know, as well, because he hasn't done one in, in, in a lot of years here, but, they're deep as can be. Uh, they, maybe outside of Vegas whatsoever, they might have the deepest forward group uh, you know, in the league. I think they've got like now nine players with four goals or more um, already in the first you know, 15, 16 games of the season. Um, they're strong on D, and Cam Talbot's given them the goaltending that, that they look for, and he's doing it at a bargain rate. I mean, he's, he's been much better um, than I think everyone anticipated because they just needed somebody capable uh, back there in that he's been better than that yeah and and you know speaking of goaltending because i think cam obviously i covered cam last year and it wasn't the best year for him in ottawa he's bounced back he's looked good just staying in socal for a second uh john gibson's got a 926 save percentage which i think is probably a big part right uh of of anaheim successes this is a guy that for whatever reason, Eric, the last three years, four years, people are like, ooh, John Gibson's lost it. He's not the same guy. Do you feel like he's kind of back right now for Anaheim? He, you know, he, he is really such an interesting guy because you're right about the narrative with him um, and how much of it has been him and how much of it has been just the team not being good, not very good and, and bottoming, bottoming out last year you know, really for the last, uh, you know, four years. I mean, if you looked at him closely, you know, I, I would say that you had pretty much the same goaltender in those two really disparate, you know, realms of his career when the team was winning and when it was obviously struggling. Um, now, did his play maybe slip in, in recent years? Yeah, I would say that it, that it did, uh, you know, slip some. I, I would say that he's part of some of that reason, but I mean, he, he just didn't have a really quality defense in front of him last year. Uh, you know, how many goaltenders are going to be able to effectively survive, say, a 40-shot you know, assault on a daily basis, night after night, over in an 82-game season? Uh, you know, so I'm not being an, uh, a John Gibson apologist here. <laughs> Um, because I've seen it. And like I said, I've seen some of the slippage as well, but I think he also, I think you're seeing a re rejuvenated goalie here. I think you're seeing one that's really responding to, um, not top tier defense being played in front of them, but more competitive defense, um, and a team that's seemingly on the rise and you, with, with some real, you know, some good young talent that figures to be, you know, part of the picture here going forward over the next few years. So I think you're seeing someone that's really responding, uh, you know, to that. And, uh, you know, and, and he probably realizes at this stage, too, that, you know, he's got to he's got to lift his game back up as well. We've spent a lot of time talking about uh, some good stuff going on in Anaheim and Los Angeles. So we have to spend some time talking about San Jose. We mentioned L.A. being 8-0-0 on the road. Uh, the San Jose Sharks are 0-8-0 
on the road. What have you made of of their season? We all know how bad they've been, but you've gotten to watch games. You're, you're following closer than anyone else here. What have you made of this god awful season for the San Jose Sharks? Like they were going to be bad. Okay, let let's let, let's face it. I mean, you look at that roster and say even if they had Logan Couture, um, you know, in the lineup and healthy whatsoever, you look at that up and down that roster. And it just wasn't going to match up against most NHL teams, if not almost all all, all other ones. Um, that's just what it is. That's that's just where they are in their evolution. That's where Mike Greer is at. He he's been very upfront in in stating and emphasizing how much of a rebuild this is this is and is going to be. Um, you know, and and I mentioned Logan Couture. They haven't had him in the lineup. He hasn't played at all because because of injuries and setbacks and uh, you know and whatnot. Um, I was up there recently uh, for when, uh, when right after Greer addressed the club because I think with with with, with the Sharks and San Jose, the, the key here is is to yes, they're not going to win many games. They're they're probably going to win the fewest games in the league, um, and you hope that they do not. Um, you know, reach a point to where they're challenging, you know, the, 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 the 74, 75 Washington Capitals for ineptitude whatsoever. But after those twin 10 goal, you know, games they allowed against Vancouver and Pittsburgh, Mike Greer stepped in and, and really addressed the team a one-way address and, and just said that no matter how the roster looks, no matter, you know, uh, no matter that the fact that they are, uh, in the throes of a major rebuild, you, they've got to compete. They're still an NHL club, and and, and you've got to show up and compete, and, and not allow that, especially on home ice. You know, with with loyal fans, at least the ones that do still come to the games. You know, shelling out money. Uh, you know, to see a product, even if it's a badly d- diminished product. So, um, it, this is this is going to be about trying to be competitive, and seeing players like. William, young players like William Eklund really, you know, step forward and progress because he's going to be part of their future along with, you know, kids like Will Smith and, and others down the line. Terrific stuff. Well, listen, we, we wish you the best. Uh, set up an extra seat, though, at the dinner table because Julian sounded like he was quasi-serious. You about found a way down. to be just as entertaining, if not better, than DGP. Off of the yeah. Thanksgiving spread alone, so I have no idea why you. Were that's wonderful that you say that, but I know you're lying. <laughs> oh, no. That's not completely true. Amazing. But listen, happy Happy Thanksgiving to you and the family, and hope you know safe travels for everybody if they're 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 coming to you. We wish you the best the uh, the holiday season. We love your coverage of uh, those Cali teams, and I'm sure we'll get you back in the pod real soon. Hey, thanks, guys, and uh, enjoy those football games tomorrow. Oh, yes, we will. We always do. We always do. There goes Eric Stevens. Does a terrific job uh, covering uh, all things California for us with the athletic. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So, Julian, let's wrap up the Wednesday pod, uh, pod shall we? And, uh, you know, as we looked at the schedule, we said, boy, there's, what, what did we say, 14, 14 games? And there's one game that I know you wanted to highlight a little bit because it involves two of the marquee rookies in this league, two of the guys taken at the top of the draft and in, in Adam Fantilli and Connor Bedard. And, you know, th- this is a matchup of, you know, marquee young players in the game, right? Yeah. Like I, I don't like the fact that that matchup kind of sprung on me and this, and like you wake up and it's like, Oh, it just so happens. These guys are playing against each other. I don't know. I, I I I get it. We cover a sport that is very team oriented. It's all about the crest and logo on the front and not the name on the back. But I thought there was just a genuine marketing opportunity to be done with Connor Bedard versus Adam Fantilli, two exciting players that we're going to look at for years to come off of their talent. And they're both top three picks. I mean, Bedard is probably going to win the Calder. He's off to a great start, obviously. Don't sleep on what Adam Fantilli's been able to do in Columbus. I know he's fed up with losing too. But yeah, I just kind of wish that we saw a little bit more. I would like the like the like the matchup was built up to be a little bit bigger of a of a thing, but I just don't get that sentiment that we've had that. But I could be wrong. Okay. You'll you'll have to forgive Aaron Portsline if he if he wasn't pumping the tires of this matchup. I mean, I'm not giving Aaron Portsline. Let's not be throwing shit on Aaron Portsline at all because yeah. Tell you what, the Columbus Blue Jackets have been going through a lot these last few games I, with I, I would argue scratch and Johnny Gaudreau not playing up to snuff either. Would you not agree that based on down goes Brown's rankings of you know dysfunctional who holds the championship belt, that right now, today on the 22nd of November, leading into Thanksgiving, that it's the Columbus Blue Jackets who own that title, not the Oilers, not the Sharks? Like, consider, if you consider the Babcock thing as part of it, you consider they bench Goudreau, they bench Line A, they, they're on they're on the precipice of setting a franchise record, losing streak. If they lose, it'll be 10 in a row. Like, wouldn't you argue that of all the teams in the league, like, dysfunction, they might have the, the current belt? I mean, they definitely are contenders for it. I mean, you could argue... If you're doing it King of the Mountain style, like who's going to have it at the top? Like since since they the Babcock thing happened in the summer for them, like that kind of puts them at the forefront. And then San Jose and Edmonton are kind of clawing them for it. I, I still feel I mean, that would be really tough to give Columbus third place between San Jose and Edmonton, considering what they've gone through. Right. Like that would be really tough to do. But Columbus is right there. And that's a team. I mean. I don't know what Edmonton's going to do with their front office and 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 their. I mean, they already got rid of their coach, right? Like it, it, we've seen that. Like, okay, it's really a goaltending thing. San Jose, as bad as it's been, they'll put themselves in a position for a top three pick. What do you do with Columbus? I feel like we're on the we're on the verge of, at least in talking to to different people, we're on the verge of seeing genuine changes happen. We thought Yarmo Kekalainen should have lost his job after the handling of the Mike Babcock situation. Yeah. It, 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 he's probably going to lose his job. Was that due for John Davidson too, the president of, of operations over there as well? Like we, I think of all three of those teams we're talking about here, that team at the very least is most like is might be the first to try to clean up 
what they've got going on. San Jose, at the very least, we no one expected them to be good. And if they put themselves in a position where they get a number one overall pick, that's at least a good thing. Edmonton, they still have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Columbus, what do you do? What do you do with that roster? What do you do with those underperforming players? I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself into saying that they should be it, but like that is a team that needs to be considered in that discussion uh, from uh, from from what DGB was discussing earlier. Yeah, no, I I think so too. Uh, before we uh, dip out of here, the winter classic jerseys for yes. the New Year's Day game between Seattle and Vegas were unveiled. Now they were inadvertently unveiled the Seattle ones anyway. What last week when the Utah Jazz just randomly had guys rolling up in Seattle Kraken jerseys. I still don't uh, get why that I was don't a get thing. That why was it that like yeah, why the Utah like, Jazz? I think it's cool that they unveiled it, but like still why the Utah Jazz? What does that have to do with Seattle? I mean, is it just is it is there like a very hidden like expansion thing where it's like, oh, we would love to see hockey up in, hey, you want to team up in Utah, maybe you should well, remember, be out here, you know, throwing the, these jerseys. Salt Lake stuff, right? Like, that's the rumor, exactly. right? Salt Lake. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, absolutely. But I like these jerseys. I like the, I think the red lettering, or sorry, I guess numbering, I guess, is the way to, to phrase it. Looks sharp. Like it I want a Kraken jersey just to wear. I want yeah. that jersey. Like, I yeah. don't know. I don't, have I you like ever, it. like, like, was there ever a point in your life where you just like rocked a jersey, like with a hoodie underneath, just like a style? Like I would rock the. Oh Seattle yeah, like, but, but that was more like a high school for me. But yes, absolutely. I, mean, I guess it could be a high school thing. I don't know. I feel like I could do that now. Like my, I love the idea. You could do like, that now because you're yeah. younger and cooler. Me, I, I would do it now, and people be like, ah, "You're trying too hard, there, buddy." I guess that's fair. But like, I, you know I, I mean? that, that's fair. Like that jersey. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks 30th anniversary jersey. Like I, I want to get to. I want you know what I think I want to do. I want to start wearing jerseys like out and about with hoodies now. Like I'll, I'll do it like on on podcast recordings, just to be like, all right, cool. Like this is just the style. But I want to bring that back. I want to be able to do that where like okay. I'm hanging around, doing my thing, going to a party, going to a bar, going going like just doing my thing, and I'm just wearing like a really good fit. With like a cool hoodie underneath, like it's cold. It's cold outside. Literally, as we're talking right now, it is snowing outside my window. Like that's 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 ideal time to be wearing stuff like that. It, and it I think is. the and, Seattle Kraken should be on my wish list. And it feels like when you see the snow falling, the holiday season is upon us, and it certainly is for our American listeners. So we want to share kind of what Canadians do for American Thanksgiving because first of all, we know that you in the United States have no idea when our Thanksgiving is, nor do you care, mm-hmm. but it's in early October. Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, but we love American Thanksgiving. I'm not going to lie to you because we get wall-to-wall football, obviously starting with the Lions, and then me as a big Dallas Cowboys fan, I'm there. And there's a lot of people, I'll tell you this, there's a lot of people in Canada who take Thanksgiving Thursday off work or work a half day, and they're making... They're obviously, not as many people here would make turkey, but a lot of people here will do a huge spread. Maybe they'll do some chili. Maybe they'll do some whatever. And it's like, it's a quite, we, we piggyback off your holiday down there. I want you to know that we appreciate it and we love it. We're, we're remember, like Thanksgiving adjacent okay. up here. And I remember, oh, I remember when I was at Syracuse uh, doing my grad degree and like some people wouldn't go back home for for thanksgiving i mean there were people that would but th- around this time there would be a lot of people having friends giving you know you know the term friends giving friends giving oh yeah going going out to different friends giving parties yeah thank you america thank you america actually i remember one other year when uh, i was still in montreal and i was in school and one of my good friends at the time their family's from texas so even though like my friend had school that day, like they were still watching their family at home was like watching football. And they actually like, I had a break in between classes and like my friend invited me and a few other friends over and we were in their basement, like watching football. We were watching the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think, I mean, think they're not even a Dallas Cowboys fan. I think they were a Houston Texans fan, but like we, we were just over at their house, just like watching football and enjoying ourselves. Wow. It's it, it's a ton of fun, and we love like I Thank said, we you, love piggy, 
yeah, thank you, America, for for giving us a fun Thursday in the middle of November that we all otherwise wouldn't have had. So um, we're looking forward to it. I always look forward to uh, to the Thursday uh, of, of Thanksgiving. So I want to thank everybody for listening. And we do want to wish a, a, just a, a very sincere happy Thanksgiving to our American listeners to the Athletic Hockey yeah. Show. I know it's a big weekend for you. So if you're traveling and maybe you're you're listening to us while you're traveling, we hope that you get to your destination safely and you get a chance to to, to spend time with the people that matter most to you. And uh, we're just happy we could be along for the ride. So that does it for the Wednesday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. And, you know, Thanksgiving Thursday, Julian, means one thing and one thing only. Oh. Black what does it Friday. Mean? Oh, yes. Black Friday. Yes. yes, it does. And Black Friday is the day where the sales, they're coming. We got a great one here with the Athletic. Dollar a month sure or 12 do. months when, when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show, right? Yes, yes, yes. Take advantage of that yes, while yes, it's yes. Uh, on and popping, ladies and gentlemen. Early Christmas gift go. gift for your, for, your, for your dad if or your mom if they're very much into sports, if they're very much into hockey content. We have the best editorial team in the business. If you're into coverage of soccer, uh, again, the F1 vertical up, NBA, NFL, college athletics, like we got you covered at the athletic. It is worth it. Uh, so take advantage of that sale. Yeah. Dollar a month for 12 months when you visit the athletic.com slash hockey show. And because it's uh, Thanksgiving Thursday, we're giving uh, the crew a well-deserved, much-needed day off. So our next athletic hockey show will come your way Friday. Prospect Series, Max, Corey, uh, Chris Peters is going to drop by with uh, Scott Wheeler. They're going to get you caught up on all the prospect-related stuff. So that is our next edition the Athletic Hockey Show comes your way on Friday. So enjoy the holidays for those who uh, who uh, observe it. And Julian and I will be back with you on Monday. Peace. <laughs>